Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a Festivus episode of Siza and the Stash, two cats talking about sports. I am Austin the Stash, with me, as always, the one and only Parker Siza. That's right, I feel like some grievances are going to be aired uh, today, uh, Festivus. Yeah, love it, love it. Absolutely. I don't really know the official day of Festivus. December 23rd. Thank you, Mm -hmm. December 23rd, so this upcoming Sunday. We aren't going to have a Christmas episode because, obviously, Christmas is next week, So, and we're taking that week off. So we are getting in on the Festivus fun, and we will be airing some grievances later on in the show. Uh, Other than, you know, us obviously watching the Husker volleyball game and having that grievance, the national championship game, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. Uh, Yeah, that one is not included on my grievances. Uh, It it (laughs) could be. Didn't make the cut on mine Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. Not a a full grievance. I figured we would air this grievance out in full right at the start of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it was a good weekend, though. Um, Yeah, a lot of. It was the first weekend where I had two days off. I didn't have a game on Saturday. So Uh, I got to just. I, I did nothing. Uh, this weekend, which Love was it. nice, and uh, watched a lot of bowl games on Saturday. Watched the NFL uh, on Saturday too. My Denver Broncos suck again. Um, <laughs> they lost to the Lions, and then uh, Sunday, you know, yeah, uh, Nebraska volleyball. Man, that was tough. And uh, but hey, Nebraska basketball saved the day. So uh, how often do you get to say that? Where Nebraska men's basketball <laughs> beats Kansas State on the road, and they save Nebraska volleyball. Uh, they save the day for Husker fans. You can't say that often, but no. uh, that's uh, that's what happened there. But yeah, what a what a not so good match <laughs> it was yeah. on Saturday. It was yeah. a blowout, and it was never close. Uh, it never never seemed like Nebraska was going to get that one, especially after Texas rattled off what like seven aces in. in in a set oh, in, in the wild. second set or something like that. I mean, yeah, just got their butts kicked. Really put a damper on Hank the Tank's first birthday. Party, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to be honest. His his first birthday was on Friday, and then we had a bit of a birthday party. It, obviously, December seventeenth, a, a tough time to get people together. Everyone's gearing up for for Christmas and whatnot. So my mom and my sister came and. We enjoyed cake, we had Costco pizza, and we watched the national championship game. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's it's a tough game. It was a tough game to watch because it seemed like this was the, the weirdest thing, right? So I I went and worked out prior to the the national championship game, and as I was driving back, I was listening to the Husker Radio Network broadcast, and there was an interview with Coach Cook that clearly JB had that day had done that day and he said something that just threw me for a loop he said you know yeah the girls uh, they went out and they had a they're real excited they're real fired up they, they this was came before out, the this game before okay. the game yeah they they're real excited they came they they're all fired up they already came and played a, had a team game you know they're ready to play some volleyball doesn't mean they're going to play very well today but they're at least fired up and I was like, mm. whoa, what a wild comment yeah, to start, yeah. like, clearly not a whole lot of confidence going. But John Cook also isn't this, like, super hype guy. Like, the, he's a very realistic kind of guy. You know, he keeps the every interview he's ever done, he's kept the tone very, yes. we're right here, There, there's no change, there's no big swings, anything like that. So just kind of... Late, it was an interesting thing, and then Nebraska comes out just flat. Yeah. Yep. And it was wild to see that Nebraska really fell the same way that Wisconsin fell because when Texas beat Wisconsin, it was a drumming. Texas just took it to Wisconsin and looked like they could do no wrong and just looked like Wisconsin 
wasn't themselves, and that's exactly how Nebraska looked. And it's yeah. it's in a place where it was two thirds Husker red, yes. so had a feeling of a home court advantage to fall flat like that. It was it was very very strange to see. It was a killer. And you you what you said there. You have to hand it to Texas. That's impressive because Wisconsin and Nebraska looked like during the regular season and. Uh, don't take my word for it. Take other, you know, this is what they were saying post game after it on, on ABC ESPN. Wisconsin and Nebraska looked like the two best teams the entire season mm-hmm. from the end of August to uh, the end of November. And then the NCAA tournament, they looked really good as well. Texas had lost like four out of their first six games or something mm-hmm. like that. They didn't look very good. And uh, you got to give it to them. They they got so much better uh, after like the middle of September. But uh, to do what they did against again two of the best teams in the country all season long, Wisconsin and Nebraska back to back, pretty impressive stuff there from the Texas Longhorns who are so experienced. I mean, they've got a bunch of seniors, a lot of transfers on this team as well. They hit 264 in the match. They held Nebraska to .013, their yeah. season low, and had a 38-20 advantage in the kills. And uh, yeah, Nebraska now six runners up in program history. Their last three national championship games have ended in a loss for Nebraska. So they're oh, they lost to Stanford. What was that about six years ago? Lost to Wisconsin mm-hmm. two years ago, and now uh, lost to Texas in the national championship game. So uh, yeah, kind of kind of a weird feeling, right? I mean, it, you know, we we thought they had it. They had a they had a great season, and um, you know, yeah, falls a little bit short. And you know, when it comes to this game, it would feel different. If because there was a lot of weight in this game, not just for Nebraska fans. This was Nebraska volleyball started off with Husker or with Volleyball Day in Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. Set a world record for for attendance. Then you know, including that with the sellout streak for Nebraska volleyball, they had the highest attendance yeah. for for volleyball in a team history. All that sort of stuff really set the stage for women's sports, right? Like that's, that was kind of the conversation. Then it moves, gets moved from ESPN, the national championship game gets moved from ESPN to ABC, which doubles the number of, of people that can watch it. And so all of this was just pressure and pressure that was put on Nebraska because they're the ones that started it. Nebraska is the one that started this movement for women's sports and then to fall flat like that. And clearly Texas, a phenomenal team, a lot of great stories mm-hmm. for Texas. You know, having uh, Jermaine O'Neal's daughter yeah. on the team. That's shocking. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, Jermaine O'Neal was like one of my favorite players oh, growing up. He was such a like a badass for the Pacers yeah. and all that. And yeah, his uh, daughter Asia O'Neal was on the team and who had two open heart surgeries right. in her lifetime and, yep. and one during her college years. Yep. To, yep. You know, to do that sort of stuff and for her to go on a run like that, absolutely incredible. She was the one, too. Asia O'Neill was the one who had the uh, foul with the, uh, uh, or what, what do you call it? Yes. Yeah, wasn't yeah, a yeah. technical, I want to say technical foul. It was just a... a just a foul. Just a foul. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. got a she got a yellow card for mm. uh, yelling at the uh, Nebraska players yeah. through the net, which I learned you can't do. That's right. Um, and then I did like what the uh, commentator on ESPN or ABC said right after that. She goes, "Well, they do this in men's games all the time, like men's basketball. They're they're yelling at each other. Sure. Like why why is this a thing?" She made a good point there, and I was like, "Absolutely, yeah, that's, that is a good point. Why why can't you talk and taunt other people across the net?" Um, yeah, they should change that. Anyway, yeah. she did it, and it was a foul. But yeah, that was Asia O'Neill, and I was like, uh, she's just like her dad, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, kind of like so. Yeah, the, they were good. They were good. You know, the ABC put everything into the broadcast to to give it 
a feeling of legitimacy, mm-hmm. feeling of, mm-hmm. of of this is a really big deal, and then Nebraska just comes out yeah. flat, and uh, and you saw them do things that we haven't seen this team do like this entire year. Yep. I mean, the the best defensive player in the country for two consecutive years, Lexi Rodriguez, was just whiffing, yep. was missing. There were times where where girls were their foot their feet were stuck in cement. They weren't moving anywhere. And so, you know, I I have all the faith in the world in John Cook to take this per- because like a performance like this can mess with a team. Can absolutely make a team crumble, right? They went they lost one match in the regular season. After a loss like this, it, there are a lot of lot of kids psyches and they, these are kids. They're 18, yep. 19 years old. Uh, the entire team's coming back next year, yep. you know. And so having something like this is either going to drive them or it's going to force them to crumble. And at, we saw everyone has seen the clip at this point with Harper Murray saying we're going to win three straight national championships. Which is good on the psyche this. front, right? That, that's good to hear. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you know, the, but I think time will tell what, what that stuff does this make or break a team? Does this totally ruin a team? But that was good to see Harper right after the game. She was fighting through tears as well, getting that out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, she's a freshman, uh, one of the best freshmen in the country. And, you know, had that to say right after the match. She, she has three years to play here. It, this isn't college basket, men's college basketball, men's college football, where it's like, well, maybe we would get a Harper. Murray for like two years, maybe yeah. maybe a year if she then goes pro. Volleyball, they're here four years. Like mm-hmm. like that's that's one of the great things about um, you know college sports, and that's the best thing about volleyball is you you get you know these players for four years. It's not like college basketball. What it used to be, it was great. You know when players would stay four years. Football, same way. Uh, so that is good, and uh, hopefully Murray and the other Huskers use this as some big time motivation because if they believe it. They can, you know, rack up. Certainly, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be the title favorites, right, going into the year, especially with what Texas is losing. They're losing a few. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you would have to think a, a team that was number one overall in the country and gets to the national championship game is going to be a favorite. I imagine uh, Nebraska will be one of the favorites next year and uh, definitely a target on their back. But, um, yes, you're right. These losses can make or break teams, and and hopefully this uh, this gives the girls some some big motivation. And it's not just what Texas is losing; it's also what Wisconsin is True. losing. Yep. Because you know when we take a look at how the tournament ended up going, mm-hmm. it was a clear Texas is is a favorite, Wisconsin is a favorite, Nebraska is a favorite. Right? Pretty much everyone else was just kind of like, all right, who's going to get in the way? Right? And Wisconsin is losing. Major height, losing some major players on their they're losing the Sarah the, Franklin. I Sarah think Sarah Franklin yeah, is yeah. is mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. graduating. Uh, Texas is we t- talked about them. They're losing a, a they're couple losing O'Neill uh, as we talked about her. Are they losing now, Skinner. Skinner and um, there's one more. Skinner is a junior. Uh, okay. She was their best player uh, last. She was last night. Wild. She was really good, but she's a junior. Uh-huh. That might mean that that her eligibility is expired. That there's the whole COVID, you know, year stuff and, and all of that. So she may have expired eligibility, but she probably could come back for another year. Too. Yeah. So we'll and see. so these teams are losing while Nebraska is, is not absolutely mm-hmm. not just staying the same, staying the course, having this this young of a team, and all of that being said. Harper Murray saying what she said, being a team that everyone is coming back with, there's crazy amounts of pressure on this Husker yep, volleyball definitely. team. 
Like just crazy. Definitely. The, if they the any loss to anybody next year is is going to feel like a like a huge letdown. They they only lost two games this year as freshmen, like as as the youngest team in the and, country. I wouldn't say any of them were letdowns, honestly. You know, Wisconsin on the road, yeah, wasn't absolutely. a letdown. And Texas, I mean, Texas was so good. Yeah, like, like how, how can you how can you uh, say that that was a letdown that they came out flat, right? But not that they lost the match because right. even if they played good, like their best match of the season, yeah, they might still lose that in five sets. Sure, but uh, no, it, it, but uh, next year there were. Mm-hmm. Any loss is right. a letdown. You're right, and, and that and that's hard to say. That's a that 35 matches in a year mm-hmm. is so many matches to say that one would be a letdown for this team is a wild statement to say. That's how good this team absolutely can be. Yeah, obviously, I'm not going to say that. Oh, they're a disappointment if they lose a match. And, and uh, no, Follow, no, because then they not, could still get. They could still get to the tournament and win it. You you would take that loss. Right sure, in September, absolutely. if it's like, oh, they're gonna, you know, they're Just gonna how improve. Do you, how do you improve on thirty-three and two being second in the country? How do you improve on that? You go thirty-five and zero, and you win it. That's right. That's it. That's or right. you, sorry, you go thirty-four and one, and you win it. And then the Take following year, you it. go thirty-five and zero, and you win it. <laughs> and then the following year, you go thirty-five and zero, and you win it. Like Nebraska has a chance to do what UConn's women basketball. Did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what they have. Uh, as a as a shot for this, that'd be cool. That would be, be really cool. cool. You found a clip of John yeah. Cook talking about what? What's John Cook? John about? got some flack for this uh, post game. He was talking and got got some flack from the Texas media because he was talking about uh, the reporter asked him, and uh, you'll hear the reporter's question here, but uh, asked him like, "What is Texas's uh, like model, and is that the the one to follow for college volleyball?" And he had an answer. Here it was. John, in, in what ways has Texas set the bar that you and other teams have to have to match now? I got to think about that, but uh, you know, um, if you look at tonight's nat- match. I mean, they've got half their starting team are transfers. They're all fourth and fifth year players, except for Ella, the setter who did a great job. Um, so they've got, um, you know, that's how they've been building their team. That's how they built last year's team. I like what we're doing. I like recruiting kids and trying to make them be great. Ooh, yep. spicy. Now, it's funny. He's getting flack for it a little bit because Merritt Beeson is one of the most impact, maybe the most impactful player on the team. It's arguable. It, it you can argue. ranges every night. She's a big-time transfer from Florida. So, um, yeah, and, but she's and they, a junior. Yeah, and they picked up transfers from uh, you know Texas. Lexi Sun uh, transferred from Texas. There have been others throughout the years. So he, he got a little flack for it. Uh, I, I do like his sentiment, though, that, you know, we, we like the homegrown. You know, we get them mm-hmm. when they're seniors. We, we develop them through. Instead of this, you know, I mean, you can you can copy and paste this kind of problem in any college sport. You know, what, mm-hmm. you, there are college football programs that are trying to build through the transfer portal, college basketball, college volleyball. Yes, of course it is there. That's how Texas built this team and won this championship. But I, I don't know. Is is it a conversation? Is it anything? I mean, is it is it bad one way or another? Is it just uh, you know? Is it just John Cook uh, feeling a little bit bad after a loss? I'm I mean, it's sure. probably him just feeling bad after a loss. And, you know, the whole the, – we've had the transfer portal debate about, yeah. you know, what does that mean? And we, we talked about it ad nauseum last week. And when it comes down to it, it seems like more and more 
in in the major sports like football, volleyball, and basketball, more and more of your success comes from finding the players, the star, either star players on crappy teams and saying, "Hey, we're we're going to pull you up," or finding the the people that couldn't make it at the top and they're falling down. Like it seems like the success for college athletics as a whole is from the transfer portal in the major sports. It's obviously different for track and and wrestling and and sports like that. Those tend to be you recruit, you go, whatever, right? But for football, volleyball, basketball, baseball even, the transfer portal seems to be the way. And John Cook has a chance to prove the opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, we could and going into college football talk, you know, Matt Rule has a chance to prove the opposite as well. After we yeah. after talk about grievances, we got to have a whole grievance about That's last right. week's episode. That's right. Because That's right. We, we basically we said that uh, McCord, made some mistakes. Yeah, yeah. basically said McCord was coming to Nebraska. <laughs> well, everybody thought that. Anyway. Everybody thought that. Yeah. Let's there, wrap up volleyball though. So yeah, yeah you, you were you were finishing. Just that. John Cook has a chance to put his money where his mouth is here, right? Yeah. He has recruited all these girls. If they if they go on and they improve and they become the best, the absolute best volleyball team that the the college ranks have ever seen, mm-hmm. well, then he's backed up what he said, right? And that's that's all there is to it at this point. If Texas if Texas wants to give John Cook flack yeah. for saying, "Hey, you aren't good at recruiting," okay. You won a national championship, thanks thanks in part to transfers. He's not lying. He's not saying yep. anything wrong. My grandpa used to sk- say uh, there are a lot of ways to skin a cat, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> this That's is uh, there are a lot of ways to make up a team. And uh, through the transfer portal, which I think you're just going to see more and more of that in, in the future. It's going to get uh, in, in college sports. It's going to continue to happen at a major, major, impactful level where teams are. It's free agency for college sports, and it's going to it's starting to happen. In, it has happened in volleyball. It's obviously taking over football and basketball. So, and you can build it that. way. Way, you can also build it another way. So I think over time we'll just find out which is the best one. I, I don't know. Yeah, we shall see. see. So on to this story. McCord, <laughs> not to Nebraska, <laughs> McCord to Syracuse. Syracuse. That's right. Syracuse, who is actually coached now by Fran Brown, uh, who was Matt Rule's assistant coach at Temple for like four years when, oh. when Matt Rule was at Temple. So he's under the Matt Rule coaching tree. And uh, he was uh, hired there. So he's there. technically a Nebraska that's guy. That's right. That's right. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it was like uh, you know Kyle McCord visited uh, here in Nebraska last week. Visited on Saturday and Sunday, and then left Monday. Uh, at, no, sorry. Visited Sunday and Monday. Left Monday as kind of the whole Dylan Rayola news came out. Maybe Matt Rule said, "Hey, I gotta you know gotta connect for you in Syracuse if you want to go check that out." So maybe sure. that was it. Maybe it wasn't. But uh, yeah, no Kyle McCord. Even though it was fairly reported, uh, or it was fairly well reported that he was a hundred percent in on Nebraska. And, um, can I spoil? I, I don't have this as a grievance, but I do want to. I just want to talk about this one grievance. That is recruiting forecasts and and just recruiting in general and people trying to say, hey, this uh, this guy, yeah, a hundred percent committed to Nebraska. You know, we are predicting that this is going to happen. I mean, there was there was so much of that with Kyle McCord. And it obviously didn't end up being the case. Didn't end up being the case. 
Here we go again with Dylan Rayola. Everybody's yeah. saying he's 100% going to Nebraska. Well, we'll see. Signing day, Austin, is coming up on Wednesday. And uh, Nebraska, everybody is saying Nebraska is getting the number one uh, recruit in the 2024 quarterback class, uh, the number one overall recruit in the country, not just the quarterbacks, and a five-star, Dylan Rayola. We will see. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all I got to say. I don't we, know. We've had this moment in the past. Yes. We've had this moment of... Where's Dylan Raiola going to go? Where's he going to go? He's, and he's showing up to Husker baseball or softball games, and now he's showing up to Husker wrestling and all that sort of stuff. I, the one takeaway that I have about Dylan Raiola is that he is setting himself up to be the biggest villain for the Huskers, whether he comes here or not. And the reason why I say that is because there have been a lot of people that have really harped on this kid because in four years of high school, he went to four different high schools. He consistency is not the thing that defines Rayola. It's his talent. He's uber talented. Everyone in the world can see it. And what we are preparing for essentially is either Raiola toyed with Nebraska fans twice and went to ended up going to Georgia no matter what. He comes to Nebraska and he, say he doesn't play well. Like as a freshman, you wouldn't imagine like, oh, he has to play well. He just has to be better than the guys behind him. But say he doesn't play well. Immediately, Nebraska fans said, "Oh yeah, this is what." It, he, then he transfers. Next, yeah, yeah. yeah. He transfers. He goes <laughs> right. away because he didn't do well at at Nebraska, or he goes to Georgia, and then he immediately transfers to Nebraska because he didn't get the spot that he wanted in Georgia, or whatever the case may be. He is setting. He is so. He is so not a Nebraska norm. Because he is this, he is this high level athlete that doesn't have that, that consistency isn't, isn't his bag. And for all of these fans to really, like, really put their stock yeah. in Rayola, even though there's, it, I don't get, I he's, get he's talented. Yeah, he's I really good. I don't understand putting <laughs> yeah. your stock in Right, him. right. No, he's, he is, first off, he's really good. Uh, he is, uh, he's got like, just watch his highlight. Now I get it. Yeah, you don't want to watch highlight film. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying sure. people in general don't want to watch high school highlight films because they're playing high schoolers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but he, his his arm talent looks second to none uh, for this class. And and anyway, I don't, I don't have to explain why he's a five-star uh, quarterback. He definitely is. But I, I do... I do think it is interesting because uh, you're right. If if he comes here, just imagine UTEP, August 31st, right? He ends up committing to Nebraska. Well, Nebraska also had a reaffirmment of uh, Daniel Kalen, who is from Bellevue mm-hmm. West. He has said, I am coming to Nebraska now after he was rumored to be going to Michigan State, blah, blah, blah. That's not happening. He's coming, right? You, you still have Chubba Purdy on the roster. You still have Heinrich Harburg on the roster, Jeff Sims. See you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, what if what if that first game UTEP August thirty first first half two interceptions Rayola he's uh, thirteen of nineteen in the first half two interceptions no touchdowns people are going to be getting at that right away like it's, it's going to be almost instantaneous we got to go to Kalen now we got to go back to Cheba we got to try Heinrich whatever it will be and that is uh, that's interesting it. I just find it really interesting too when when you know high school quarterbacks and I think this is the case I could be wrong. 
but high school quarterbacks go in demanding a job wherever they are. I'm mm-hmm. going to guess that he tried to do that at Georgia. That's that's just my theory. I'm not saying this is true or not. I think he wanted to be the starter his first year at Georgia, but they have Carson Beck maybe coming back. They have another guy, Pug. I think is his name, P-U-G. Looks mm-hmm. like Pug. Uh, <laughs> but maybe that's a nickname. No, it... it Anyway, no, they're looking at another You're quarterback. You're not an expert in, no. in Georgia backup quarterbacks. They call him on the, on the message boards. Anyway, he's a he is their current quarterback commit for the class. Now that, that Rayola's gone, he's going to have to battle out with him. So maybe Rayola didn't want to go there and do that. And maybe he's saying to Matt, do I have a job? Like, do, can I get the job, you know, first year, first game, all that. Um, maybe, maybe that was the conversation. Maybe that's the case, but... Uh, I don't know. I think that's a dangerous game. Uh, you play with the uh, high school seniors. We'll, we'll see if it works out for Nebraska or not. All I know is this, what I said at the start, he's got massive talent. Yes, he has massive talent. Can I see this working out incredibly well for him and Nebraska? Yes, I can. Let's say he does commit to yeah. Nebraska. Let's just like, this would be the first ever five-star quarterback that Nebraska's ever picked up, which kind of shocked me a little bit. You look through the history of quarterbacks at Nebraska, it's pretty good. It's not like, you know, there, there's better quarterbacks elsewhere. They haven't sent a quarterback to the NFL, but mm-hmm. uh, that, that has done well in the NFL. But Tommy Frazier, Eric Crouch, um, you know, Taylor Martinez, Adrian Martinez, all like, you know, four star ish uh, mm-hmm. type recruits, but never a five star, which is uh, kind of surprising. Yeah. And that would be big. And, um, you know, if he is a program changer, he, you, it's good to start with a five-star quarterback, right? Yeah. So, so I think, uh, of course, Matt Rule is is trying to get this guy. Uh, you know, he he visited. He went to all these Husker games. Went to the Husker wrestling match mm-hmm. uh, against South Dakota State. Uh, went to the Husker women's basketball game. Just kind of toured Lincoln. So uh, we'll see what he does. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting when Wednesday rolls. Around. I'll tell you, I'd be if he sticks with Georgia. I think that would be. <sighs> It'd be the shock of the century. I, I don't know how you run a coaching staff and the fan base through the ringer like that, especially with what you did. I mean, you you went to the match that you went to all these Husker stuff this weekend, and then you're gonna he did that last time. I know, I know. And then he came, and then he went. Yeah, I'm going to Georgia or whatever it was. Like if he does that again, holy cow! Is this like the worst kid ever or what? <laughs> like yeah, just that's crazy. Get, just gets his kicks taken off an entire fan base. I, I, it must be, must be yeah. that. But but what like how is how is Rayola different from McCord, right? Because McCord had all of these, you know, all of these experts saying he's coming to Nebraska, and then he ends up in for the Orange Men, Orange, the yeah, orange, orange, Orange Men, Syracuse Orange. Are they, Are they the Orange Men? I know, I know, I know. When you when you're they're calling a game, it's just yeah, the Syracuse Orange are taking on the yeah. Virginia Tech Hokies. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe the players are the Orange Men. Is that what they call them? Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the, it's going to the Qs. Yeah, so he's going there. Why are these reports that Rayola is coming to Nebraska more credible or less credible? Well, it's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah. I know that uh, I know that when McCord was being thought about going to Nebraska. The big people who reported it were national writers, rivals writers, um, not to throw anybody in particular under the bus. And then, you know, every Nebraska media member, like, you Mm -hmm. know, all the on three Husker online guys, all the 24 seven sports guys, they said, you know, they put out these crystal ball predictions. They all had 100% Kyle McCord to Nebraska. All the projections went that way. 
except for the Ohio State media. The Ohio State media stayed away from it. They didn't. Uh, they didn't report anything. They, mm. they had no idea. It was uh, a total crapshoot, I guess, in their eyes. Now Dylan Rayola is a little bit different in that everybody who recover, everybody who covers Georgia football says, yeah, this has happened. Everybody we've, you know, our connects with the coaching staff say, yeah, this is happening. He's going to Nebraska. So they're reporting it that way, same as the Husker people. And a guy named Steve Wiltfong, who is, uh, a, he's like the Adrian Wojnarowski, the Adam Schefter of recruiting, mm-hmm. and he does it for 24-7 sports. He doesn't he doesn't. I, I want. I don't want to cuss because I don't want to. He doesn't f around. He doesn't. <laughs> uh, let me do it. Market. He doesn't f- around with crystal there balls. It is, market. He doesn't. He doesn't mess around with that stuff. He uh, is very credible when it comes to it. And he had the story uh, a week ago where he said uh, he expects the commitment to flip. And I think we'll get a lot of answers when Matt Rule talks on Wednesday about this whole recruit. If he does sign, Rayola does sign to Nebraska. We'll get a lot of answers in terms of like what was the process like? What was it like getting back to him? What was it like getting him to flip this last week? And we'll see what he says. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. I love signing day press conferences. Yeah, yeah. Because it is the most boilerplate, this is how you talk about people. Like the, the, the press conferences always go the same way. So, how do you feel about how do you feel about this class? Really like this class. Yeah. We got a really great group of young guys that I think that can really do something here. Uh, at Every Nebraska. living room was great. You know, going in those living rooms, everyone was Absolutely. great. You know, yeah, you'll Every get those kind one. of comments. Hey, what do you think about this guy? You know, I think he's got a really good motor. I mm-hmm. think this guy's got a, a high football IQ, and I think that you know he can really be a, a difference maker for us down the road. You know, we're just really excited to get these guys on campus uh, and really get them in our system. <laughs> Copy and paste all of that. Uh-huh. Transcript, transcribe that, and uh, give it to Matt, and he'll just use that for uh, for Wednesday. So love signing yeah. day press conference. Did you see the? Uh, I want to finish off with this though. Did you see all of the uh, Georgia Bulldog fans on online uh, go off on the Dylan Rayola stuff? No. So um, message boards are awesome. Message boards are the lifeblood <laughs> of college football. Uh-huh. You get some of the smartest minds in the world. You get a lot yeah. of you know the everyday public, the everyday college football fan on these websites giving their detailed opinions. <laughs> this one got a lot of run uh, on the uh, Georgia website. It says uh, this is when Rayola was taking the the flight to Nebraska. So this was on Friday, I believe. And this is what it says. It says, it's being reported that Rayola will visit Nebraska on Friday. I assume he'll take the 2.21 p.m. Delta flight, which is also the last flight of the day, to that state. Therefore, if this flight gets canceled, he likely won't be able to make the trip and will stay committed to UGA. (laughs) Obviously, messing with commercial flights is a slippery slope, so I'm not suggesting that anybody does anything illegal. But does anybody work here for Delta? If some loyal UGA pilots or flight attendants would call in sick at the last minute, the flight would be canceled and we could keep Rayola. Maybe someone working could hold the flight up for maintenance issues. At the very least, he could lose his checked bags so he'd have experience, or so he'd have to experience the Nebraska winter without a jacket. I'm just spitballing ideas, but if anyone has anything else, those would be appreciated. So those are how Georgia fans take take the news that their five-star quarterback is (laughs) maybe heading elsewhere. Georgia fans are going nuts. They they can't believe it. I mean, these are, you know, at the moment, they're the back-to-back national champions. They won't be the champions this year, but they're mm-hmm. at the top of college football. They get five stars like it's, you know, like you're going to 
uh, McDonald's to get a McDouble that's only that's a right. buck, buck 25 or whatever it is. It's super easy uh, to get those there at Georgia. So when they lose, especially quarterbacks like this, they lose their freaking minds. And it's uh, pretty <laughs> funny. There was another one that alleged that uh, they were like, does Dylan Rayola like those big white girls? I think only big white <laughs> girls live here in Nebraska. Come on. Like, I'm sure that's pretty popular in Georgia, too. Guys, come on. So... Goodness gracious. What's the SEC's slogan? The SEC, it's like, we're just better or yeah, something. something, yeah, something yeah. Better, whatever. That's that's absolutely how I hear every single one of those posts. It's just, we're the SEC. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? The neck so yeah. they got no neck and shoulders with the SEC, we're the best conference. We're the best conference in college football. Why the hell wouldn't anybody want to play for the SEC? I tell you what. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll They're going to be go dogs. Roll Tide Roll. Roll Tide Go Dogs. Go, go Tigers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, people are geniuses in the world. So yeah, that's for sure. People uh, are, in fact, geniuses. So what's your prediction? Rail the Husker or not? Because hmm. we're not. Are we doing a podcast before the end of the year? No, I think no. this will do it. Right, I think so, this will be the last so podcast before the end of the year. We'll reconvene in January. But yeah. is uh, Dylan Rayola a Husker in January? I don't think Dylan Rayola is a Husker in January. Whoa! <laughs> I don't think so. Harsh, okay. I don't yeah. think so. I think that I think he gets a real sense of heightened importance. Like, what better boost of ego than having... Picture this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are this incredible athlete, yeah. and you go, and you are loved. You are beloved by a city, by a whole state. Everyone is talking about you, right? And you just dip. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we did this. This is like this is awful. This is terrible. And then you come back, and you go, guys, I was just kidding. Wow, things change, man. And you get this height. Everyone loves you again. Everyone's building you back up. And you say, you know what? Psych! <laughs> you know, going back to the SEC. You know, baby. Have, you know what I have in my mind is that Parks and Rec uh, sequence when uh, Ben gets that job at that accounting firm, then he quits, and yes. then he comes back, and then yep. they, they, they do this whole song and dance for him. He's like, "Sorry, I have to quit again." And then it's like, <laughs> "What was? It? Who is it?" Uh, Oh, those two guys that work at the accounting firm. Barney and Tad. Barney and Tad. Hey, Tad, get in here. (laughs) Ben said something funny again. (laughs) That's what this reminds me of. That is exactly what it is. Only Parks and Recreation fans will uh, appreciate that. But yeah, uh, so that, it could be. I I don't, I I don't, and I don't want to talk bad about this kid. He's a kid, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that him being a kid also plays into the fact that, like, this this type of ego boost is a very kid thing to do. Like it's a very prankstery thing to do. And I and I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. All I know is from past experiences. This is what Dylan Rayola has mm-hmm. done in the past. And so I'm putting it on him now. I don't think Dylan Rayola is coming to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm happy I to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I could see. What it. Do you think? I, I could definitely see your your uh, end result. I think the um, you know. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, there, there's too much going on here at Nebraska in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. He's getting commitments. I mean, Nebraska is getting commitments from people who are closely 
aligned with Dylan Rayola. There was a commit they got last week. It's a three-star offensive lineman, Xander Rugaroli. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly, uh, but he's from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, and he is a good family friend of Rayola. I think they played high school football together in one of the years uh, that Rayola <laughs> played for the same high school football team. Uh-huh. And then he was always going to follow Rayola wherever he went because they're friends, and, and that's what they're going to do. He never got an offer from Georgia, so that was never an option. Uh, but uh, he did get one from Nebraska. Then it was kind of quiet ever since Rayola committed to Georgia. And then all of a sudden, this guy's back in the picture, and he commits mm-hmm. to Nebraska. Um, and then just, I know, I know what you were saying about all of the, yeah, take Nebraska through the ringer again, give him the old song and dance again, and then just push him away. Man, I like I said at the start, you would have to be the worst person in the world to do what you did this weekend. Go to the Husker wrestling match, take pictures with the fans. Go to the. He went to a volleyball game back in the back in the fall. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, went to the Husker women's basketball game on Sunday night. You have to be the worst person in the world to flip back, and maybe he is. Maybe he is, you but know, so I don't think so. So yes, I do think he's a Husker in January. I know a lot of eighteen-year-olds who are really. Yeah, market. Thirty-seven, thirty-eight. I had to get one in. Yeah, I had to yeah, get you one did. In. I couldn't be leading one zero the whole time. That's right. But, but yeah, I mean, he's eighteen years old. Who name a good eighteen-year-old? Can you? I don't know. Malachi Coleman was a good. Yeah, he's a good kid. He was, yeah, he was he's, a good kid. He's a really don't good get, kid. There are good eighteen-year-olds yeah. out there. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but there are a lot of teenagers that just suck. There are a lot of college students that just suck. That's right. And, he's, and people think he's this—he's—he's he's God's gift to football. How? How? He how, might be. He might be. <laughs> how do you not like? If I had the kind of talent that Dylan Rayola had, I would be an asshole. Mm. I would be a jackass. You, I would be the worst human on the planet. So you concur with his? Uh, Absolutely. Like flipping around, you know, yeah, like 100%. okay, toying with people's emotions ooh, you and hearts. Me <laughs> doing a little. Ooh, what if I? What if I show you a little, little? Oh, this tricep could be throwing a football for you later next yeah, look year. Yeah, this flex. Oh, look at that. Ooh, see no. That, see that zip oh, on the ball. You, you see that? <laughs> Not fine. <laughs> see ya. Uh, could happen. It could happen. It could happen. And then Dylan Rayola would end up. On our airing of grievances, yes. which if Festivus is December 23rd, then there is still possibility that he could end up on the airing of grievances. But as for right now, let's air some grievances of our own. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. That's right. R.I.P. Jerry Stiller. By the way, absolutely. What a what an episode! Yeah, that is an episode of Seinfeld. Even though I've never seen Seinfeld, no, no, wasn't like a go-to for your parents. Anything like that? No, no. Uh, my my roommate, my freshman year roommate, tried to watch it. This was like when Seinfeld, like you remember when streaming things like Netflix all, all came about, and it was yeah. like, oh, this Netflix got whatever. Netflix got Friends. Netflix got yeah. uh, this Seinfeld with the Hulu or something like that. So my roommate tried to watch it, and I'm just like, eh, I can't. Yeah. I don't know why. Seinfeld is my dad's favorite yeah. show of all time. Yeah. Like, my dad, as uh, many years for Father's Day, we got him the box set of season one of Seinfeld, and then season two and three, and like, so, yes, uh, I my dad knows Seinfeld more than any other human on the planet. I know a ton of people who 
know a lot about Seinfeld, and uh, I love the references because I just I generally don't get a lot of them. So, you know, <laughs> no soup for you, soup yeah. Nazi. Great stuff. <laughs> but we're here to air some grievances. Damn yeah. it, we're here to to <laughs> to say this sports thing really peeved me. I'm peed off I'm, right now. I'm real teed off, brother. Saul. <laughs> uh, How do this? You want to go one, 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 one? Yeah, or, let's yeah? go okay. one, 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 one. I want to throw in an honorable mention that was aired by uh, our GM Anthony. Yeah. Uh, he said, "No signing days. Screw that. Sign the letter of intent and have it be what it is. When you're ready to go. When you're ready to go." Let it be. Let transfers happen whenever. Mid-season transfer trade. Let's let it happen. I mean, Nebraska could have used an in-season transfer trade <laughs> with their quarterback at about mid early November. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would have worked out really well. But no. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to get us started off? Though? Sure. Um, my number one grievance. Okay. Not not number one. I, I don't want to go in any particular order here, but the one that I have is uh, something that was almost new to uh, a lot of college sports this year was streaming. So college sports now has games on Peacock, and they have it on yeah. Paramount Plus, and they have it on uh, no Netflix yet, even though Netflix is rumored to be getting into the college sports thing. I hate this. I hate this <laughs> because there was a Nebraska football game, Wisconsin, no, Maryland, it was on Peacock, so... If you're watching the game, and I enjoy my college football Saturdays, like like the most people do, yeah, you absolutely. know, I like watching a game and then you know switching channels and stuff like that. I mean, is this the world where you can't do that with Peacock? You, no, have, you streaming, have to watch that. You, you can't. Yeah, you got to close no the app. switching. You got to close the app. You got to dive into a new app. It's it's terrible. Is this the world that sports television? is moving into with uh, everything being on either Peacock or ESPN mm-hmm. Plus or Hulu or Netflix or um, Paramount Plus. Is that what this is going to? Because I hate this, and uh, <laughs> it stinks when there's uh, games on, on stream. I mean, Nebraska basketball has had one already. Obviously, Nebraska football had the one against Maryland, and you, you just had to sit there and sulk in that you know, where, where Nebraska was winning, you had to sulk to the fact that they were giving that game up and losing mm-hmm. it when you could just change the channel, but you knew that was a lot of effort. So uh, mm-hmm. thanks, streaming sports. You're ruining life. <laughs> I'm with you. Absolutely. Uh, my first grievance to air yeah. uh, is one that I've that you and I have aired a lot, but I feel the need to air it once more. Coach Prime. And I have all one yeah. of the hullabaloo okay. that Coach Prime brought to college football. We coming. We coming. We coming. We coming. Coach, all of the Coach Prime talk that happened this year, both preseason talking about him with getting rid of a bunch of guys and bringing in new guys in, the, the hype train that, that was behind Coach Prime, all of the ads that we saw for the entire college football season. With Coach Prime selling almonds, selling KFC, uh, selling Aflac, like I freaking had it yep. with Coach Prime. Every interview that he did, I'm over it. I'm done with it. And 2024, I don't want to hear from Coach Prime unless his team is undefeated into double digits. Okay, I know that as soon as he gets to three and zero, they're going to be talking. Mm. To, except he won't get to three and zero because they played Nebraska in game two. That's right. So that won't happen. Mm. Good to know that that's not going to happen next year. 
Hope not. Hope not. I'm drinking Gosh. the Kool-Aid, brother. <laughs> if old Dion comes into Memorial and wins oh! that one in, in uh, the first week of September. Nebraska nice goes out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dion took that personally, what you just said right there. Good. He should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see also where they created a class at Colorado? Did you see this? No. They created a class at Colorado. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called Prime. But it's like lesson underwater basket weaving. Yeah. Uh, it, anyway, it is was Coach a, Prime a professor? He is not a professor. They just modeled this class after him, and it has something to do with like public speaking. And ah, you should look find it, it up. Look it up. It. Public what? Yep. Nope. That's probably not. I'm probably wrong. So forget I just said no, that. No, no. But I'm trying to think of what classes Coach Prime could could teach. He could coach in uh, self-promotion. He could uh, be a professor of turning your back on See, the, on your community. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> think he's going to be a professor, but it says University of Colorado Boulder is offering a new elective course called Primetime, named after football coach Deion Sanders. Um, and then, uh, what does it say? Now, the course description reads, Intercollegiate athletics and college athlete experience are undergoing fundamental transformations as athletes gain control of NIL, blah, blah, blah. This course considers collegiate and professional athletes as a special kind of public... Fi- oh, so it is, it is public speaking. Okay, it's th- athletic. It's, it's yeah. public spe- speaking for athletes. It's, it's, it's about how to get the almond deal. Yeah. It's about how to get the KFC yep. deal. It, it, it is promoting yourself. Promoting public personas, creating opportunities to earn income from sponsors and commercial interests, but also influential advocates for social ju- justice and cultural influence. So it's pretty much like a course on how to become Dion Sanders. How to be famous. <laughs> Famous yeah. 101. It's like, did you see when it was offered? It was offered from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. 4 to 8. 4 <laughs> to 8. They were 4 to 8. They were That's bad. Good. That's they were good. That's good. My second grievance goes right with yours. Colorado fans. I'm going to take a little bit further. <laughs> Colorado fans are the worst fans in football. Uh, they're the worst fans in all of sports. The fact that you can become such a dog <laughs> program. Market. Yeah, market. 40, we're going big today. The 46, fact, 40. The fact that you can be so bad and then this gift comes to you. And, and I know you were complaining about Dion, but I will tell you, he is a gift to Colorado. He is generating so much for them monetary-wise, mm-hmm. even Program. I mean, they were one and twelve, one and eleven last year. They were four and eight this year. A little bit of improvement, improvement. right? Yeah, there you, there you go. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, the the fact that they can credit this and they can credit their hardships, whereas wherein most of these fans for Colorado, they were not Colorado Buffalo fans last year. They were. Um, where, he, where was he coaching right before Colorado? Uh, Jackson he, State. Jackson they State. were Jackson State fans, and they were about to be Florida State fans because everybody was like, "No, Dion's mm-hmm. going to go to Florida State." Like, like that's what it is. It, it's not Colorado fans are the absolute worst. Uh, that video of them trashing USC fans that went viral everywhere. I, that's enough said. I, I can't say anymore. This makes my blood <laughs> boil. They're they're the worst fans in college football. Got a lot of got a lot of problems yep. with you, Colorado people. Yep. I tell you what. Highfalutin people, yeah. SOBs, man. The worst. I gotta say. Absolutely. I got a real problem with NBA players. Ooh. The NBA pay scale and the NBA rest days, I'm furious about it. And Explain. I'm I'm borderline furious about it with Major League Baseball as well. Because 
Major League Baseball and the NBA, they don't play for, like, they don't, the NBA, you play hard, right? You play hard for 81 games, except you don't play hard for 81 games, you play hard for 60 games, right? Because the other 20 games you're taking off, even mm-hmm. though there's very rarely back-to-back days where you're actually doing stuff. And you only have to score like eight points a game and you make $12 million a year. Mm-hmm. You make $15 million a year to suck at basketball? Are you kidding me? Yep. That's absurd. That's wild. And you think you deserve a day off yeah. after having a day off the day before? This is malarkey. This is garbage. Why? I can't stand the NBA players of today, and I can't stand the conversations that of people like talking about why these rest days or what what do they call it? Load management. Load management. Yep, the, yep, yep. I can't stand the people that that are on the side of load management because these guys are these guys are playing better better athletes than anyone else in the past. They're they're you know they're working harder. They're pushing their bodies to a bigger limit. Screw that. You're playing a sport that kids play. Yeah. And you're getting paid millions of dollars in your contract and then millions of dollars by companies to advertise for them. Listen, I don't care. You can go play 81 games yep. a year. You can go do so that. So I like Jason. I agree because that's how uh, that's how NBA players are. Most of them are like that. Mm-hmm. But that's why I like Jason Tatum for the Boston Celtics. He had a great quote on this a few weeks ago when this thing really came about, and, and they were you know there was a big conversation. But uh, Jason Tatum said, "I will play," and he has done this. He has played. He's missed some home games, but mm-hmm. you know, like he usually plays seventy six to seventy seven games a year. But he plays every game on the road, which is what most guys take off when when they have their load management games. It's on the road. But Jason Tatum says, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, he's from the sh- South Carolina, the Charlotte area. So you know, when I when he goes and plays the Charlotte Hornets on the road, who you know, it's not like a a brilliant franchise, right, but he is playing in that gym because some Jason Tatum fan from Charlotte is in the crowd ready to watch him. When he goes to Minneapolis, Minnesota, plays the Minnesota Timberwolves, they don't have any affiliation to Jason Tatum, but there might be. There might be that one kid in the crowd who's a Celtics fan sure. from Milwaukee that wants to go see the Celtics. He ain't taking that game off, so that's why I like Jason Tatum, and more NBA players need to be like Jason Tatum because, yeah, uh, yeah that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you put your money where your mouth is. Mm -hmm. You earn your contract. That's right. Love it. And once again, I know that guys that average 10 points a game don't suck at basketball. They're really, really good at at the end at being a basketball star. I get that. But $15 million a year to be the fifth best guy on your team. You 15, $12 million a year to be the eighth best guy on your team. Get out of here. I'm over it. I'm absolutely over NBA's it. NBA's weird. NBA's, with their contract situations, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the the guy who's like 10th on the roster, as you said, is making mm-hmm. like $10 million, mm-hmm. never plays. You know, the same output as like a third string cornerback who's getting paid like maybe 800000 yeah. to 500000 I don't know. It's interesting. It's it just is. Interesting. There's more people in football. I get that. Like, sure. you know, more money. that you and In basketball, you only divvy out, you know, 12, 12 players. players. Right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. All right. Hit me with it. My Ravens. last one. Yeah. Right? My yeah. last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh, I didn't know whether to do this one or not, but I'm going to do it. People who think Florida State should be in the college football playoff, you you dolts. Whoa! Get out of here. Just like... Yes! Like... Give it to them! Like, Florida State... First off, it's in a by... Like, I, I I can't believe people have to keep, like, referring to this. It's in, it's in one of the bylines of the college football playoff that... Number one, we're trying to pick the best teams... This isn't in order, by the way. Number one, we're trying to pick the best teams. <laughs> and then somewhere down the line, injuries. We look at injuries as a factor into how oh. your team is doing and how you're playing. And uh, they looked at uh, Florida State. They said Jordan Travis, he tore his leg in half, pretty much. Not literally, but uh, yeah, you guys aren't as good <laughs> without your, your best quarterback. And uh, yeah, you, you threw 55 yards passing against Louisville in the ACC championship game. Like, you're not one of the four best teams in the country. And yet, you know, you have uh, your former Senator Rick Scott uh, in Florida. Uh, <laughs> Senator Rick Scott <laughs> down there. He's, like, advocating in, in Congress to get the college football playoff to show up to Capitol Hill and uh, go under Senate testimony on to why they made this choice. And I, it's, and yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody who thinks Florida State should have made the college football playoff you're the worst. And people have asked me this who say, no, Florida State should have got in. So what are you saying? Those 13 games were just exhibition games and they shouldn't have counted? No. You had a great season. Terrible circumstances. Tanked your season under the parameters on how we're trying to choose a champion. That's the four best teams into a 14 playoff. You guys get in if it's a 12-team playoff, which is what it should be and what it will be next year. But people have asked me, they goes, oh, how would you react if Nebraska was in this I'd be like, Nebraska shouldn't be going to the college football playoff. <laughs> like, if we were in here and the same thing happened, we're doing this podcast. Nebraska's 11-0. and And let's say Heinrich was our guy. Heinrich's on, on a Heisman run. We're 11-0. He gets hurt out for the season, and then we beat Iowa like 12-9, to and then... You know, I'm, I'm giving some hyperbolic uh, scenarios Absolutely. that don't make sense, but let's say they are in that case for Florida State. I'd be like, no, no, because like Man. we would get our butts crushed by Michigan and or Washington and or Texas and or Alabama. So, um, yeah, I would think the exact same thing had this have happened to Nebraska. I only The only thing I disagree with is that I disagree with if Nebraska was in this situation, how would I feel? You know why? Because the ACC is such a terrible conference compared to the Big True. Ten. That is the only reason. Because Nebraska is in the Big Ten, which is in the... the Premier two, right? They say power yeah, right. five. Yeah, they yeah. say power five. Power five is garbage. Okay, it's no longer power five. It's the top two in the Big Ten and the SEC and everyone else. Yep. Okay, you cannot convince me that the ACC is so much better than you know the 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 other group of six conferences. Okay, you cannot convince me of that. You cannot. There's a grievance for yeah. you. Power five, my ass. That's right. No, that, yeah, ACC was not good. No. I mean, Clemson was not good. Georgia Tech, not good. Virginia Tech, not good. Florida in the last, State. In the last 20 years, there have been two good teams in the ACC Clemson mm-hmm. and Florida State. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Was there a year that Pitt was good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but no, for the most I'm part. I'm talking you're right. like perennial right. top yep. championship level teams. Virginia Tech had some good years, too. Virginia but, uh, Tech had some good years. Never yeah. championship nope. years. Nope, nope, nope. Whereas the SEC has at least three teams a year 
that could compete for a national championship. The Big Ten at least has two every year. And in the past, they've had Wisconsin and Iowa who have flirted with championships. Absolutely. And, yeah, and Michigan and Ohio State. Well, Michigan, not really. Ohio State's always been there. Penn State's always been there. But there's always a, at least two teams that could yeah. fight for a championship. Yeah. It's been either Clemson or Florida State. That's it. Never in the same year. Screw the ACC. Tired of it. All right, ready for my my final grievance? What you got? My final grievance, and this is one that hurts, okay? I'm so mad at current player podcasts. I am furious. Are you singling one out in particular? uh, No, like the New Heights Heights podcast. Are you singling (laughs) out Jason uh, and Travis The New Heights podcast, the Raw Room, whatever Pat Beverly's, Patrick Beverly's podcast is. I've had it with current athletes having a podcast because they should just be interviewed. How in the world is our podcast going to get any sponsors if we have to go up against current athletes <laughs> current yeah. athletes and like they're not all of them not like the raw room those guys none of them are broadcasters they are just a bunch of athletes that get in a room and have a good time right we can't compete with that we're we're professional speakers every single word that we say someone is going to be able to understand like very concisely and understand everything that's there. the goal hopefully. that's the goal yeah. right Patrick Beverly's podcast, he you may not understand half the words that he says, but you want to know something? He is so freaking entertaining yeah. because he's got stories and he's got insight and he's got all this. How am I supposed to compete with that? The New Heights podcast, they ramble. They post their best clips. If it's not on TikTok, that podcast isn't very good, okay? And if, if those clips that they post on TikTok are the best clips of the podcast, the stuff in between is filler stuff. It's not very good. Yeah, don't they, with the New Heights, it's a lot of Taylor, not really Taylor Swift stuff, right? Right. But, but that definitely created an audience to yeah. their, their podcast, like a lot of Swifties heading over to see what sure. Taylor's boyfriend has to say. Um, yeah. And... Uh, in between it all is like, uh, so Jason, what'd you think about that? Uh, you know that block that you had uh, with right. that one, or Travis? How about it's that catch? That that, like nobody wants to hear. Nobody about really that. wants right. to hear yeah. about that. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but the, but it's got two guys who are in the league right now who can talk to other guys who are in the league right now. We can't compete with that. <laughs> We're two no. dudes with a mu- we're two white guys with a microphone. I thought you were gonna say with a mustache. I was like, hold on, you have the mustache. I don't. I've tried to, but yeah. Uh, no. So I I as as a person who loves like good content, they absolutely put out good content. As a guy who's in the in the podcasting world, like I love this podcast that we do, and I think that we are we put together a podcast that is as good as anybody's. We just don't got the star power to to even come in the same league as them. Well, you say the word, and I'll try to get it. Uh, Beyonce or uh, right. Vanessa Hudgens or right. uh, Taylor Swift. Or, we got You yeah, you I'll, need I'll, to start dating someone very famous. very famous. That's right. That's honestly, you don't even need to date someone that famous. Just someone with at least a million followers on Instagram. And there's a ton of people with a million followers on Instagram. 
We gotta find you. We gotta find you like a, a an Instagram model, Ooh. like a low, That's right. <laughs> like a low end Instagram model who just got her start. Had like one or two posts blow up <laughs> where she was wearing a bikini. Parker Sizer, we can do that for you. Hey, it's uh, I'm willing to take one for the team. As I said, <laughs> no, we'll uh, we'll get there. We'll get those numbers up. That's right. Um, that's right. I'm glad. I'm glad you're willing because I can't. No, Listen, I absolutely cannot. Yep, yep. You're locked down. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. How was uh birthday party? So uh, you, you talked about that yeah. at the start, but uh, how how does it feel having a one year old in the house? It's wild to have a one year old in the house. Like it's. It's really weird to look back at this year because like I look back at this year and my wife and I always talked about when whenever we like were talking to people about like, oh, man, especially people who are about to get married. My sister is about to get married. And the question always comes up, you know, what was the hardest year of your marriage or, you know, whatever. And a lot of people say the first year of your marriage is the hardest one. I I disagree wholeheartedly with that for for our situation because we jumped in and we moved to Florida and a bunch of crap happened but we had each other and so it was, so we had that this was the hardest year of my marriage but it was the most love filled it was the most like we went through so much and it was all because we had this little guy yeah. that we had to keep alive <laughs> you know and we still have to keep him alive yeah. but like the the hardest part was over it was it was the it was the sleepless nights mm-hmm. with, legitimate sleepless nights i mean i started bringing in a pillow and a blanket so i can take a george costanza sleep <laughs> under my desk i don't get it <laughs> is that a seinfeld reference? it is a seinfeld okay. reference yeah, thanks yeah <laughs> But like I, I, I am so. I've never been more like fulfilled in a year because uh, a, we Liz did a wonderful job uh, getting like put up a bunch of photos from yeah. the year uh, and nice. put it up on our on our window. And I just kind of looked down those photos and I was like, wow, yeah, I can't believe that we got through all of this like there there were times where liz and i were just on different pages and because of because of hank the tank you know being awake and and us being tired and us trying to like okay we're okay we got to pick him up from daycare and like well i really want to work out well i also want to work out and like so it was all this and just being able to look back and be like wow we made it through this and we're in a spot where we like we have this little family that hopefully it, like, you know, we're going to have more kids. Like we we've talked about, we want to have breaking more kids. news. Uh, breaking this news just into the wire. Austin Pistolka plans on having more kids. Next, we'll get reaction from his wife. See, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so having that little birthday, and it really was a little birthday party. It was just my 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 mom, my sister, everyone. Like December seventeenth, it's a tough day to get people around for, and. It was just it was a day where we got to really just look back and and Henry got a bunch of presents and was very excited to rip and tear all the sort of stuff. And so it was just I know that like this was probably a bigger, like more theological question answer than than the question deemed. But like I've really it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool to look back on a year and be like, man, we we did it. We're we're in it, and now every the whole everything seems easy from here on out. Like I could I could lose my job tomorrow, and I know we'd be able to figure it out. Like the the there is no fear now after the year that we had, and it's just like wow, this is nice. really cool. This is really really cool. 
So uh, that's how the birthday party went. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I got I got nothing. That was great. That was great. I do have a question though. So your yeah. son close to Christmas, right? With yes. the birthday. Yes, December fifteenth is his ten day difference. That's a good gap. Because I have my, my sister January second. Oof, tough. Very close to Christmas. So my, my parents always had this thing where it was like, well, you, you like you get most of your gifts on Christmas. Mm. And then January 2nd comes around and yeah, I might get one, you know, one or two. Mm-hmm. And this is when my sister was little, uh, right? Everybody, I had birthday in, in October. I remember getting like a ton of presents one year for yeah. my birthday. My brother in the middle of June. So he gets a ton of presents. It's those like Christmas area birthdays that you either, you kind of get stiffed a lot or, how do you approach that? So it's a good question. And I take I, I have taken advice from my parents because my brother Eli, my youngest brother, December twenty seventh. Yeah. Yep. Rough. My dad's oh. birthday is Christmas Day. My dad's oh, birthday is December twenty fifth, December twenty fifth, nineteen fifty nine. Which Sure. Yeah. Maybe just he usually used to say it was double the presents when in the 60s, 70s when he was growing up. (laughs) But that's how he approached it. But you never get your day. That's Jesus' that's true. day. That's Jesus true. was born on this. My, Are you telling me that your dad is as good as yeah, Jesus? I, I guess. I don't think so. That's what the doctor <laughs> said uh, on the birth certificate. My my aunt's birthday is July 4th, um, which wow. I, I would oh, I'd love a July 4th birthday. That'd that be, would be that'd awesome. That would be a sick birthday. Every year. Yeah. Are you? Is your whole family just on holidays? Like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> what's kinda, your birthday again? October 8th. Is there? That's not a holiday. That's it's Columbus a, Day. That's Columbus. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Columbus Day switches. <laughs> I didn't realize Columbus Day switched. Doesn't it? Does I could it? be wrong. I don't think so. You it. you have a birthday on a holiday. Technically, at least a bank holiday. Yeah, let's see here. <laughs> but when when it comes down to what I what we're doing for Henry, we put a bunch of uh, party hats. On the Christmas tree, we cover up the Christmas tree with party hats. We are going to make the the day all about him, and we are absolutely going to just like we are effectively taking down Christmas decorations and putting up Henry decorations. Is kind of how we're going to do it. Is kind of our thought process with it. Is like, listen, we need to make sure that this day is special for this kid, and when he's older, that's when we'll do the like, hey. This is a more expensive gift, so yeah. it's going to be both Christmas and whatever. But, like, we're still going to – the the whole point is, like, we have to make this day special because there are so many people that just tie it all together. And we are asking, like, grandparents to be like, hey, let's – it doesn't have to be, like, his big gift. His big gift can be Christmas or whatever. But let's make sure he gets a, a gift on his birthday, right? It doesn't have to be huge, but at least it's something. That way we're not right. phoning it in and being like, this is both of them. And we're like, eh, this would have been just a birthday present if it was a, a June birthday. You know, we're, 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 making, we're making that effort. Because a lot of people it, dislike their December birthday. Yes, it's, it's an interesting time. <laughs> I know that, speaking <laughs> from experience for some people. So... Good. Looks like you got it locked down. Got it locked down, uh, much like this podcast. Absolutely locked down, ready to rock and roll, baby. Uh, That's going to do it for Siza in the Stash 2023. Yeah, see you next year. I always hated oh, I the people. I want to punch people in the face oh, when they do that. The, yeah. the, 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 
ordering a pizza on December 31st no. and getting it on January 1st. I ordered this pizza last, last year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. We'll see you next year. Thank you yep. so much to everyone who listens to Siza and the Stash. Uh, two cats talking about sports, and we will continue on in 2024. More greatness from Siza and the Stash coming next year. Uh, yeah, I guess that's going to do it for us. I'm Austin the Statue. Find me on Instagram at Radio Guy Austin. He is Parker Siza. Yeah, uh, this year was the Jordan year, 23. Next year, Kobe year, Mamba year. Let's, Let's do go! it. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Parker Siza. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next year. Bye. Peace. See you next year. I ordered this pizza in 2023. It took so long.